Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, where filmmakers become entrepreneurs. With my dad, he's a dork. Hi, I'm Scott McMahon, and I'll be your host for the Film Trooper Podcast, where we try and help independent filmmakers become entrepreneurs. What does it mean to become an entrepreneur? Well, it means taking control of your business destiny, not working for the man anymore. And if you could somehow do this and make your art, wouldn't that be cool? I think we all just want freedom, freedom to create, freedom to make a living from our work. I mean, that's it. Get in line, right? Yeah, seriously. I think this is the new American dream. Freedom from a job or boss. Even those filmmakers who are able to make movies for the studio system, they essentially have to deal with corporate restrictions. And those juggernaut filmmakers want creative freedom as much as we do. So anyway, if independent filmmakers can learn to become entrepreneurs, we'll have the best of both worlds. A chance to create and make a living from it. That simple. Now, it's going to take hard work, but at least you can die by your own sword. So if your film sucks, there's no longer a mythical studio system to blame. Or if your business doesn't work out, you can't blame the banks for screwing you over or whatnot. Well, maybe you can still do this. But the point is, this is a golden era where so many of us can take control of our creative and financial destiny. So why do I want to help? Because I think I found my purpose. To inspire other filmmakers to take financial control over their destiny. In my experience, in the filmmaking community, you'll find great support, but you'll also find great cynicism. Wait a minute. How do you even say that word? Cynicism. You have to understand that um, my mother's from Thailand and my dad's from New York, and they met in um, Bangkok when my dad was stationed there during the Vietnam War. And so my mom, my brothers and I were growing up, um, did her best to learn English. So she never spoke Thai to us. Of course, her English is very, very broken. So as a good son, I, you know, teased her entire life because she couldn't say certain words. But karma has come full circle, and now I have difficulties pronouncing any English words. So when I wanted to say cynicism, I think that's what I wanted to say, but I have a hard time with it. Anyhow, so yes, in the filmmaking community, you will find support, but you'll also find great cynicism almost destructive, you know, competitiveness to some degree. So whenever a filmmaker reaches some sort of success, how many times have you heard other filmmakers tear down that person, you know, or discredit their work or attribute their success to some lucky break or connection they had? Perhaps it's true. Perhaps it's all true. But there are only a handful of times that the community will celebrate another filmmaker's success. It's usually the first break for that filmmaker that we celebrate. Then after the filmmaker has been in the business for a while, we can tear them down. It's sort of just the way it goes. Ted Hope, who is an independent film producer and now the executive director for the San Francisco Film Society, has a great blog on rallying independent filmmakers to change their mindset about independent film and to usher in a new wave of community support. I'm, you know, I'm way oversimplifying his message, but he's worth following on Twitter at Ted Hope. Um, anyway, much of what Ted writes is about the need for independent filmmakers to stop thinking about themselves and their film, and to start servicing the audiences, sort of, in that respect. Because what he's talking about is very much what the um, community of online entrepreneurs talk about. So now in the world of online entrepreneurs, these are people who are building and making a living running online businesses of all sorts. That community is extremely nourishing and very supportive, much more so than I've ever experienced in the independent film world. These entrepreneurial groups encourage each other at blogging conventions, new media conventions, or uh, set up online mastermind groups to help each other grow their businesses. 
There's a new wave of business entrepreneurs that are much different than what the corporate 80s executive used to do, which was all about the art of war and takeovers, etc. Now, don't get me wrong, that shit still happens, but there really is this new wave happening in which these entrepreneurs are urging each other to find their purpose. Once you know what your purpose is, and it's always about helping others, then you'll know how to stay focused on your business efforts. Okay, let's take that further. If you ask yourself right now, what is your purpose? Or even better yet, what is your value? What value do you offer other people? Now ask yourself, what value does your film or web series or art offer people? That's a little harder to answer, unless you answered it really easily, which you've totally defeated the purpose of my question. Or you make documentaries that you want to change the world with, then that's your value, or that's the value your film or your art brings to people. If you're doing sort of like a sci-fi or horror flick, you know, what value does, does that offer people? Is there just entertainment, or is there something more specific to that? Anyway, in business, they talk about what value do you offer your customers. In filmmaking, what value do you offer your audience? Now, if you can align those two things, you might be able to fine-tune your focus on your purpose and build a sustainable business around that. Okay, so who am I to talk like I know anything about anything? I'm just a dude who went to college in Southern California to study art, theater, then film school. Got out, started to make awful short films until I made one that was okay, and that landed me a job at Sony PlayStation, where I worked for over 12 years running the cinematic department. So I made pre-rendered movies of live action, CG animation, visual effects stuff for various PlayStation titles. When that gig ended, I attempted to make an independent film utilizing the traditional independent film methods at the time. When I say traditional, it means like the traditional ways of raising money to getting a film made, um, attaching a cast, and trying to work with different producers uh, to get sort of studio backing. Anyhow, so I, I came close to getting that movie made, but then the economy tanked and everything went into a tailspin, of course. But um, anyhow, when I was at the American film market trying to peddle my film around with hundreds of other producers, I knew there had to be another way of making a living off this stuff than the current way it was set up. I knew that making something for the online platforms could work. Now, this is you know way before the YouTube stars and that generation started to make real money for, from their work. Anyway, I've spent the last few years working freelance gigs and studying online business and marketing. Well, there's been a wave of changes that have happened to the independent film world over the last couple of years, as you probably already know. So we can let's start with the first barrier. Let's start with the barrier of just making a film. And uh, that barrier or that wall has been shattered because of the advancements of like the DSLR cameras. Um, so now anyone can make a great-looking film with an inexpensive camera. Now the next barrier would be raising money or raising funds for your film. Well, I think the onslaught of these crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo have shattered that wall completely. What about distribution? Well, that wall has been shattered ever since Apple started to allow more and more independent films to be part of their library. An audience can watch these films on the big screen TVs through Apple TV or Roku boxes. Then recently, Vimeo released Vimeo On Demand, which allows any filmmaker to offer their movie for a rental or purchase price. And these digital media services are offered to a global audience, the same audience that all the major studios have access to. The playing field has been completely leveled. Independent filmmakers have access to the same audience as the major studios do right now. The final barrier is marketing. Now, of course, the major studios have access to more money than you do to promote their film products, 
but they just approach their strategy in a wide net mentality. So they spend way too much money on a mass market campaign to get as many people to know about their films. As an independent filmmaker and now as an independent entrepreneur, you have to narrow down and focus on who your exact audience is for your film. There are so many free resources about online marketing and business development that teach you how to build a customer base and how to continually offer them valuable products to create a sustainable living. The time is now for independent filmmakers to start implementing these business strategies into their careers. So, as I've said, I spent the last 20 years or so working in the production aspect of the filmmaking business. I've recently just made a feature film for $500, and I did it with no crew. Yes, no crew. The movie is called The Cube, and you can check it out at thecubemovie.com. So how this movie project came about was funny. I spent the past few years trying to reverse engineer a film project based off what I learned at the AFM, the American Film Market. I thought I had to start with what the buyers wanted and what the audience wanted or what the audience were willing to pay for based off what the buyers told me. Anyhow, I went through so many ideas that I would start up and then I would stop because what I was working on, I just realized I wasn't going to have enough passion to stick with it in the long term because I was always sort of dictating it to what the buyers, the business people would want. Um, in between all the studying and trying to develop my own projects, you know, that I thought might work, you know, just life happens. You've got to work. You've got to make a living any way you can. I had grown up in Southern California all my life, but when the economy tanked, you know, shit changes. And my wife was offered this amazing job up here in Portland, Oregon, and she's always wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. And my parents had already been living up here for a while, and it was a chance for them to see their granddaughter more often. So I said, you know, what the hell? My biggest fear was that I wouldn't be able to surf up here in Oregon, but I overcame that fear, and I did as much surfing up here as I could. Anyhow, we've been up here about three years now, and I have to say the independent film scene and the entrepreneurial scene up here in Portland is quite supportive, so this podcast will be very Portland-centric. So back to my story. After being so frustrated not being able to come up with an idea or a business system around that idea, something that I could be stoked on to pursue, something that I have, would have passion just to do, I had to like let go of all that frustration. And then last year after celebrating my wife's birthday with friends, you know, I couldn't sleep that night. And I had the most clearest thought I ever had. I saw a story from beginning to end. It was a story, a movie that I could make in my own house with very little money if, if if no money to make it. So there it was. I finally had something that was tangible, that was real, that I could make around my full-time job. So I woke up early that morning. I wrote the whole outline. Then I wrote the first draft of the script within a week or two. And the cool thing about this movie, it wasn't dictated by what buyers would want. It wasn't dictated by what I thought the audience might like. Uh, this was just for me. This was just me as an artist needing to create something needing to express something. And, and that's as pure as the art form could be, which is it's very much a selfish, self-absorbed need to be expressive. So anyhow, long story short, I made the movie. Now what? Um, film festivals? Film markets? Well, since I didn't have a crew to take publicity still photos, and somehow that's super important to distribution companies, uh, to have these uh, publicity stills of your uh, film so they can use it for um, advertising and marketing and all that type of stuff. It's like one of the top 
requirements that if you're going to go that route of working with a sales agent or a distribution company, you kind of have to have all that stuff. Well, because I don't have a crew, I didn't have any of that. So I was like, you know what? Maybe that's not for me. Then I thought about film festivals. So I was thinking, should I go that route? You know, it would be cool to be in some film festivals, but mostly for vanity reasons. And, you know, I'm not sure if I would get in any of them anyway. So on top of that, it takes about three to six months before you even know if you've gotten into any of them. Then you have to do all your own marketing anyway. So no, I thought maybe I should just release the movie online and I had to find a, a platform to do that. And luckily for me, just recently, Vimeo On Demand has offered this great service to do just that. So I was like, okay, I've got a film. I've finished it. Now I've got to get it out to a audience. I've got to make sure it has access, a, dis- a distribution channel for them to be able to see it. So now that I have Vimeo On Demand to use, I can use that. So I realized that I would spend my time working with online marketing techniques to sell the film. And that meant that I would not be going to film festivals. That meant that I would not be going to a film market. It meant that I strictly had to figure out how to do online marketing on my own around my full-time job to make this thing happen. Again, all I had to do was make $500 to break even. Now if I can make $1,000, then I would have doubled my money. Now, how many filmmakers can claim that? But then again, earning $500 might be harder than it seems. Like I said, I have years of production experience and a few years of business studies, but I have yet applied that knowledge in a real working scenario. So like, you know, that famous Bruce Lee interview he did, um, I think it was Dick Cavett show, I can't remember. Anyhow, he was mentioning, he he said this, uh, Bruce Lee, and this is my best Bruce Lee imitation, Knowing is not enough. You must apply. Now, that sounds completely racist, but that's my best uh, attempt at it. So that's what Film Trooper is all about, helping filmmakers become entrepreneurs. And I want to know, when you want to join me on this ride, do you want to learn from my failures? Do you want to see me apply everything that I've learned, my production background to my business online marketing studies, and see if I can apply it and see if I can make it work. So in this podcast, I'll be talking to both artists and business people in hopes of developing some real-world, step-by-step processes that can help other filmmakers build a sustainable living, making their movies, making your movies. Now, how cool would that be? A little disclaimer about the following episodes you might be listening to. So the next six to seven episodes are from an older podcast that I try to do, which has now been defunct. That podcast was called Hollywood to Portland. It was supposed to document my journey from Southern California to the Pacific Northwest. And I would interview local filmmakers and such. Well, that podcast was more or less people talking shop, you know, just an interview, straight interview, just, you know, talking uh, production stuff. Now that I have a purpose, I have a direction, and I have an attempt to offer value to my audience and that is to provide inspiration and real-world step-by-step processes of becoming a filmmaking entrepreneur, I can redirect that focus for the podcast into Film Trooper, which means, you know, Film Trooper, filmmakers becoming entrepreneurs. Anyway, so the next six to seven episodes are from that old podcast, but it still has some good content. These podcasts were very much like a lengthy interview style And the real format of the Film Trooper podcast show doesn't really kick in until about the eighth episode. So the quality of the audio might be a little different than what you're used to hearing in other podcasts. 
as I like to interview people at different bars and pubs around the Portland area. So you'll hear all the background noise and all the wait staff uh, coming up and asking us for our food orders or drink orders, and you'll hear us eating and drinking. But I think it's part of the charm or part of the, my laziness. Uh, the podcast allows me to get outside and explore more of what Portland offers, especially in the area of microbrews and f the, all these great foodie spots. Um, yes, foodie. That's what I meant to say, foodie. Okay, so now that's all out of the way. Enjoy the Film Trooper podcast, and please, please feel free to contact me as I would like to know if what I'm doing is helping or hurting, <laughs> or if you could just let me know how I can help even more. Bottom line, if I can do this crap, then you can make your own crap too. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm.